real life when real life's getting more like fiction each day. Headlines, breadlines, blow my mind, and now this deadline, eviction or pay. Rent! Rent. In 2016, Playbill looked back to 1996 on the 20th anniversary of the opening on Broadway of the Pulitzer and Tony Award-winning musical, Rent, and they began their tribute in this way. Our apartment is what you see in Rent, Jonathan Burkhart remembers. He takes his time to think back to the 80s when he met his best friend and future roommate, Jonathan Larson, an artist who yearned to change the landscape of Broadway. We literally had one extension cord that snaked all the way through the apartment, he continues. There was no heat except from the oven, and the shower was in the kitchen, and the floors were all yucked up, and the floorboards were so rotten that certain boards you stepped on, like pieces of wood, would come out. It was a mess, but you know what I remember? I think I paid $125 a month rent my first six months. This is 1984, and I think the rent went up to like $150, and then $200, and I think it was $200 for a long time. It was cheap, really cheap, even back then. Years later, the Soho apartment Larson shared with Burkhardt would come to life, complete with rock and roll posters, folding chairs, metal tables, extension cord, and all, at the New York Theater Workshop. Its inhabitants were much like Burkhardt and Larson, a cameraman who'd later sell out when cash trumped artistic creation, and a musician attempting to finish one great song before he goes. But it all began with a man named Billy Aronson, a behind-the-scenes figure in the musical's creation. Although detached from the project early on, it was he who brought the idea to Larson to re-envision the classic opera La Boheme and set it in the streets of contemporary New York City. Aronson came to New York in 1983 after studying drama at Yale University. He lived in Hell's Kitchen just up the street from Lincoln Center and would attend opera in his spare time, falling in love with Boheme in particular. I had this idea for a Boheme for now, for our generation, that had sort of a noise and that captured the unboemness of it. Not sweet and luscious, says Aronson. Since I don't write music, I went looking for a composer, and I was affiliated with Playwrights Horizon, so Ira Weitzman, the director of musical theater there, recommended two composers, one of whom was Jonathan Larson. Their first meeting was at Larson's apartment in the West Village. Aronson remembers that Larson took him up a fire escape on a hot day to flesh out the idea on the roof where there was a beach chair and a crate. I think he had meetings there before, he says. You could feel the desire, Aronson says, of Larson. He was kind of messy. His hair was all over the place, but he was very passionate. And we were both nervous, I would say. Artists, you know, want a certain... You're used to having total control. And collaboration was kind of scary for both of us, I think, but we went ahead with it. Words of Michael Joya from Playbill in 2016, looking back two decades to the origins of the Pulitzer and Tony Award-winning Broadway musical Rent. 
The Little Theatre of Wilkes-Barre has chosen Rent as one of the important musicals for its 100th anniversary season, and the production opens tomorrow and will run through June 26th. We had a chance to speak by phone with director Chris Laundrie about the musical and how and why he's taken on the responsibility of shaping Rent for the Little Theatre stage. I was in the very first production they did back in 2009, and it was the first production I ever performed in at Little Theater. So it's kind of very nostalgic for me. However, I felt like I was a little too old to be on the stage, so I thought after doing some directing elsewhere, it was time to throw my name in the hat to direct the show and see what I could do to bring it back to life. This is a big year for Little Theater in terms of anniversaries and so forth, so it is a landmark in that sense as well. It is indeed, and I felt very honored to be selected to do that. You were mentioning age. What's the experience that most of your cast members have had with Rent? I feel like if you ask mostly any theater person about Rent, they they more than likely have an idea of what it is, if not an infatuation for it. It is a very iconic musical that hit home for a lot of people for different reasons, as most musicals do. Everybody finds something about a musical that's special to them that might not be the same reason for somebody else. The cast is very diverse in age. There are some very young people in the cast, as well as some older people in the cast. And I think I think based on my interactions with everybody, everybody has a love for the show, whether it be just from wanting to be a part of it, and it doesn't pop up very often. So when the opportunity arose, I think a lot of people sprung at the opportunity. And I think it's, again, just from the history of the show, people want to be part of that. I don't necessarily know that many people were ever in the show because, like I said, the last time it was performed in the area was quite some time ago, and a lot of the cast would have been too young. So I think it was more so the opportunity to do something so iconic. And in terms of your vision as a director, those of us who are interested in classical music and opera are particularly fascinated with the roots of the story in Puccini and La Boheme. Is that something that you have paid attention to as a director? It is. It is. Something that is inherent, uh, especially in the in the musical number La Vie Boheme, the history comes up, and a lot of the younger people do ask questions as to what does this mean, what does that mean. So, as a director, you you kind of have to go and do your homework because I myself was unaware of many of the the themes throughout the show because I was just so thrilled to be a part of it. I didn't realize how how much it's based off of previous theater. So I feel like that is something that sometimes might be overlooked by the popularity and people don't realize just how how much it was based off of prior theatrical experiences. I've looked at the website and seen some of the rehearsal pictures and you have quite a cast and quite a set and I would think that that would be part of your challenge as a director, bringing it to life on the stage with so many performers. Yeah, correct. Absolutely. I kind of came up with a vision for the set, and David Parmalee really came through in building that for us. I don't think I've ever been a part of a production where the set came together so quickly, and it really does, it really does look amazing from the audience perspective. And it does 
help create that that sense of uh, excitement when you look at the set because it's so so big. And I think the cast just appreciates having uh, a lot of stuff to move around on rather than just a flat, ordinary stage. How about the music in terms of storytelling? How much of the story gets put across to us through the music itself and the lyrics? Honestly, I believe the majority of the show gets the point across through the music more so than dialogue. There's very, very little dialogue in the show. The majority of it is is expressed through song. And I know there's very many musicals out there that aren't structured like that, but Rent, Rent is very continuous musical number on top of musical number on top of musical number. And I feel music has a way of expressing ideas and thoughts a little bit better than just words. We're talking about a show that was a hit in 1996, and here we are in 2022. How does this piece hold? How does this talk to us in 2022? So my view on it is when it first came out, it was really bringing awareness to the community of the AIDS crisis. And like anything in history, I feel like it's, it's more of a, a history lesson at this point. However, it still is a concern among the LGBT community. AIDS is, I don't think AIDS is ever going to go away. And I feel like it's a reminder of where we came from and how far we've progressed. But it's also a warning not to become complacent because the disease is still there. The disease can still take people's lives. So while I don't feel like it's as serious as it was, say, 10 years ago, I feel like the message is still strong. And I think, again, the the love of the musical itself helps perpetuate that throughout the community. But if you've never seen the show, I feel like it might bring you an awareness of how things used to be. And then hopefully that person could go out and research and, and see how far we've come in today's medical advancements with the disease. But it is, it's still important to, to bring that awareness to people that might not have any clue of just how bad it was back in the day. What would you say we're left with? Is it bittersweet? Is it a sense of the tragic? Is it a sense that life will go on? What are the things that come to us as we experience this musical? It shows the trials and tribulations of these people's lives throughout the course of a year. And throughout the year, they they have their ups and their downs. And like any friendship, sometimes there's turmoil. But in the end, I feel like as sad as it gets at the end, that brings everybody closer together and, and unifies them. And unfortunately, it took the death of one of their friends to do that. But sometimes good things come from bad situations. And I really feel like that is one of the the messages the show kind of tries to promote, unity, awareness, friendship. That's kind of how I feel. I feel like it really does bring everybody closer together through tragedy, unfortunately. One of the things that distinguished the show was the wide variety of characters. There were gay, lesbian, bisexual, and trans characters. What's different now? Uh, I, I feel like the world has evolved enough now. I do remember when we first put the show on back in uh, 2009, I do remember being on stage and seeing 
a, a few audience members getting up and leaving because perhaps they weren't aware of what the show was and it didn't maybe sit well with their their beliefs. I feel like that probably won't happen in this day and age because I believe the world is more aware of what's going on. So I believe I believe the audience will have evolved and I don't think it would be as a culture shock as it was back in the 90s. I feel like the audience would be a little bit more aware and receptive to the message. Little Theater is known always for taking music and having live performances whenever possible, and that must be the case with this. Yes, absolutely. This is a very challenging production to put on. We've had many obstacles to go through, and it is coming together better than I hoped for. And I was amazed last night we ran it, and it's really, really just a wonderful experience for everybody involved. Is it a pit band? Yes, we have it. We have a pit led by Jennifer Hunter. She's she's phenomenal. I was sitting last night with the artistic director Scott, and I said, "I can't believe all that sound is coming from four people." Because it's it's a small pit, but it is all live instruments, and it just sounds so full and amazing. We certainly know there's a counting song that we know. I think I think the most well-known number from the show would be Seasons of Love. 525,600 minutes to be to be a little bit more specific. I think that's the the most iconic number from the show. It has been used throughout the last decade. It's been referenced throughout different things. I've seen it in television shows and movies, commercials even. So it really has become part of our culture over the last decade or so. And tell us how we can see it and where Little Theater is. So Little Theater is located on North Main Street in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. Um, the shows are this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and the following Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Friday and Saturday performances start at 8 p.m., and Sunday performances start at 3 p.m. You can purchase tickets through our website, www.ltwb.org. Just right now, as I ask you, is there a moment or a scene or an interchange or a song that particularly is memorable for you? So when I performed the show, um, I was in it twice. The second time I actually played Collins, and my favorite song was perhaps one of the saddest songs. It was the I'll Cover You reprise. It was basically the eulogy for the friend that passed away, Angel. It is one of the most emotional songs in the show. That was from the perspective of being on stage. Now that I'm the director, I will say that I do appreciate a lot more of the other numbers more, and I will say that my my Mark and my Roger are really connecting well with each other, and they're giving me a performance that I don't really think I've seen on stage. They, they really mesh very well together, and I appreciate their songs more now as a director than I did when I was part of the cast. Director Chris Landry speaking about the award-winning musical Rent by Jonathan Larson, and the production will open at Little Theater June 17th, so that's tomorrow night at 8 and run through the 26th, shows Fridays and Saturdays at 8 p.m. and Sundays at 3. 
The Little Theater of Wilkes-Barre is located at 537 North Main Street. And the website is ltwb.org, ltwb.org. Rent won both the Pulitzer and Tony Awards, and you can see it at the Little Theater of Wilkes-Barre as part of the theater's 100th anniversary season. And it opens tomorrow night and will run through June 26th, Fridays and Saturdays at 8 p.m., Sundays at 3, ltwb.org.